Would You Friend the Apostle Paul? By Mike Pullman. Read by Sean McAvoy. 2 Timothy 1, 16 and 17. May the Lord grant mercy to the household of Onesiphorus, for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. But when he arrived in Rome, he searched for me earnestly and found me. In the church today, we need more people like Onesiphorus. He's one of those biblical characters that can be easily overlooked as we tend to focus on the giants of Scripture. Abraham, Moses, David, Peter, Paul, etc. Consider, for example, what we learn of Onesiphorus in 2 Timothy 1, 15-18. You are aware that all who are in Asia turned away from me, among whom are Phygelus and Hermogenes. May the Lord grant mercy to the household of Onesiphorus, for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains, But when he arrived in Rome, he searched for me earnestly and found me. May the Lord grant him to find mercy from the Lord on that day. And you well know all the service he rendered at Ephesus. Three things in particular about Onesiphorus stand out. One, when everyone else abandoned Paul, Onesiphorus went to him. Onesiphorus was not one to just go along with the crowd. He risked ridicule, mockery and scorn to actually go against the prevailing tide of popular opinion regarding Paul. Two, Onesiphorus was not dissuaded by initial difficulties. So many of us have great idealism until it gets hard. Then we turn away. Not Onesiphorus. When he arrived in Rome and could not find Paul, the apostle commends Onesiphorus's perseverance. When he arrived in Rome, he searched for me earnestly and found me. Beautiful. What a friend. 3. Onesiphorus was not ashamed of Paul. This is far greater than simply saying, Onesiphorus refreshed me. If that's all Paul had said, we might wonder if Onesiphorus did it quietly, perhaps at night when no one could see. Did he sneak over to Paul's cell when no one was looking, because he was embarrassed by his association with Paul? Not this friend. Paul, with perhaps the same tears I have welling up in my eyes as I type, wrote that Onesiphorus was not ashamed of my chains. Onesiphorus did not care what people uttered or murmured. He was proud of Paul's determination to suffer for the sake of Christ. What enabled Onesiphorus to act like this? What makes someone this countercultural, this counterhuman? I can only conclude that Onesiphorus was so overwhelmed by his love for Jesus that he was now free from the approval of people, free from the fear of scorn, free from the allure of the world, free from indifference. Onesiphorus, by the power of the gospel, was free to love. What I see in Onesiphorus is the embodiment of Galatians 5-6, namely, faith working through love. Onesiphorus' faith had an impulse, and that impulse was love. And this love was not weak, or afraid, or self-conscious in any way. God, help me to love like this. Intersecting Faith and Life What things might I do this week to demonstrate my love for a dear friend, family member, or stranger? How can I practically show my faith working through love this week? For further reading, check out Galatians 5 and 1 John 3. Hey listeners, thanks for joining us for the Crosswalk.com devotional podcast. To get all of our episodes straight to your phone during the week, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. 
To find more devotional content like this, head over to crosswalk.com. Hi, I'm Beckett Cook, host of The Beckett Cook Show. I lived as a gay man in Hollywood for many, many years until I had a radical encounter with Jesus 13 years ago. Since then, I've gotten my master's degree in seminary and published a book called A Change of Affection. On my podcast, The Becca Cook Show, I sit down with fascinating Christian scholars and thinkers to address the lies of the culture and bring the biblical truth to bear on those lies. To start listening now, go to lifeaudio.com or search for The Becca Cook Show on your favorite podcasting platform.